Uh, Premier Doug Ford made a visit to London yesterday to pay his respects to the victims of uh, Tuesday's deadly crash at Wonderland and Riverside that left an eight-year-old get- girl dead and injured nine others. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau also tweeted he was heartbroken by what happened. Mayor Ed Holder called the incident beyond tragic. London police continue to investigate the crash. At no po- at this point, no charges have been laid against the 76-year-old driver involved in the collision. But they do say there's no indication the victims were intentionally hit. The crash has brought up painful memories for Londoners who were deeply affected by the June 6th attack here in London. could also feel very real for parents and grandparents who have children the same age as the young girl who died and those who were injured. To talk about this, we're joined by Dr. Marcia Sirota. She's an author, speaker, coach, and psychiatrist and joins us now. Marcia, I appreciate the time. Thank you, Devin. And my heart goes out to all the victims and especially to the family of that little girl. It's tragic, uh, and it brings back a lot of memories for a lot of people. I mean, what happened back in June was devastating for so many people. Could a crash like what happened Tuesday night serve as sort of a trigger for people? Yes, because what happened in June was a trauma to the entire city. You know, an intentional murder of an entire family for uh, specific reasons, you know, a hate crime. It's, it's a very traumatic experience. And the nature of trauma is that it creates what's called a hypervigilance and a hyper uh, arousal state. So we are more aware of everything around us and we are more easily um, excitable in our nervous system. And so when another very similar tragedy happens, you know, just six months later, we are already primed to react more strongly and and with more of a devastating effect in our, you know, in our psyches. Is the trauma different when it comes around like this? Like if if you were going to drive by the crash site, you can, you know, mentally prepare yourself a little bit and that's where that happened. But when this happens, there's a news story you hear it, maybe you see it on social media. It just comes right back at you. you. You don't have a chance to prepare. Exactly. And I think because we're getting it through all these different media, we're getting the, the visuals, all the images, we're getting the sounds, we're getting reactions of people crying on the site, putting down flowers and teddy bears, then all of that floods our nervous system and we become more upset and more, you know, um, traumatized, re-traumatized. So unfortunately, um, this is not just an experience that has traumatized the individuals and the family of the little girl, but it has traumatized the whole community. And and I would say even Canada as a whole, you know, we've had such a hard few years. We're already primed for trauma with, with the pandemic and all the, you know, the floods in BC. There's so many difficult things going on. And then these two back-to-back vehicular traumas in London, I think Canada is reeling. You know, I had some parents message me uh, about the crash, how it hit home for them. They can, you know, picture, you know, their children being in that yeah. position. How could parents be? If, sometimes you talk about how do parents talk to their kids about something, but how do you talk to parents about something like this when they could see their loved ones in that position? I think you have to really acknowledge their grief and their fear and give them permission to feel all the feelings because. You know, a lot of people give them platitudes, oh, it's not going to happen to you, it's okay, you know. But I think um, everyone needs to have the space to feel everything. And in feeling, we heal, and we also feel connected to everyone else, and that gives us solace. So I think everyone should be allowed to have whatever feelings 
they need to have right now and process them in whatever way they need to. For example, those moms who I saw on the TV last night who were putting down flowers and crying and hugging, you know, that was their way of dealing with their grief, and that was very, I think, very healthy. You touched upon a little bit there. We'll start with the parents, but what should you do if you are a parent and, you know, you are feeling, you know, um, emotions because of this? Is there anything people can do or what should what should Absolutely. friends do to help, you know, yeah, friends or parents? Talk about it to, to your peers. Talk about it to your spouse. Talk about it to if you have a counselor or a clergy person that you speak to. You know, make sure that you have an opportunity to share what you're feeling so that you get the support you need. And if you don't feel like you're able to cope, speak to a professional. You know, that's what they're there for. We are here to help people deal with things that, you know, they can't process with just their friends or family. And for those who might be re-affected, who, you know, experienced that trauma six months ago and now see this now, what should people do if they are impacted in that way? Well, they really need to understand the nature of trauma, and trauma is a very profound um, thing that happens to our entire being. It doesn't just, you know, make us upset. It it makes us feel angry, irritable, apathetic, numb. Um, it makes us feel, you know, blue, lethargic. It changes our sleep and our appetite. So if we are feeling strongly the effects of trauma, then we really do need to get professional help because there are some really excellent therapeutic modalities that we can engage in that will help us process our trauma. And uh, there are also medications that we might take if if necessary so that, let's say, if we're having terrible nightmares or we, we can't sleep at all and then our days are just, you know, we're walking through our days like a zombie, there are medications. So there are a lot of different things that we can do to deal with our trauma if it's uh, of the severe nature. And, you know, we also should not be ashamed or feel bad about ourselves if we are having a strong reaction, because like I said, the nature of trauma is that, you know, there's the first inciting trauma, and then there's the trigger, and the trigger can be even stronger because we, we can have a little bit of resilience for the first one, but when the second one comes, you know, it really undermines our resilience, and it can hit us very hard. So if people are finding that they're hit even more hard by this particular situation versus the one six months ago, they should not feel ashamed. They should just understand that this is the way trauma affects the psyche and the body, and they should just seek the help that they deserve. Does the trauma ever go away, or do you just, you know, learn how to to manage it and respond to it whenever it maybe reappears or rises to the surface? There are, everyone has their own different response to trauma. Some people have lingering effects, some people can heal from it. But the other thing, there's a kind of a, a silver lining, which is that when you've experienced trauma, you can also become more compassionate because if you have truly suffered, then you can have more empathy and you can really understand someone else's suffering. So if you, if you think of it that way, then you can feel like, okay, maybe my trauma will always linger in the background of my psyche, but it has made me somebody who really understands the nature of suffering and who will never um, underestimate how someone else might be feeling when they're suffering. And that can make us all more compassionate and empathetic, and it could bring us all together as a community and as a country and as a world. And that's only a good thing. So if, if the trauma doesn't go away, we can find ways to function, we can find ways to live our best lives, and we can also open our hearts more and be more kind and caring and sensitive toward other people's experiences. That's good advice. As always, uh, Dr. Sirota, I certainly appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Devin. That's Dr. Marcia Sirota, author, speaker, coach, and psychiatrist.